Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The private writings of the Saint of Calcutta, chapter 13 continued. Section 10. I satiate your thirst with my love and the suffering of my heart. In his message for Lent 1993, Pope John Paul II insisted on listening to the voice of Jesus, who, tired and thirsty, says to the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, Give me a drink. John 4, 7. Look upon Jesus nailed to the cross, dying, and listen to his faint voice, I thirst, John 19.28. Today Christ repeats his request and relives the torments of his passion in the poorest of our brothers and sisters. These words greatly struck Mother Teresa. After reading the Holy Father's letter on I thirst, I was struck so much, I cannot tell you what I felt. His letter made me realize more than ever how beautiful is our vocation, how great God's love for us in choosing our society to satiate that thirst of Jesus for love, for souls, giving us our special place in the church. At the same time, we are reminding the world of his thirst, something that was being forgotten. I wrote the Holy Father to thank him. The Holy Father's letter is a sign for our whole society to go more into what is this great thirst of Jesus for each one. It is also a sign for Mother that time has come for me to speak openly of the gift God gave on September 10th to explain as fully as I can what it means for me to thirst, to explain as fully as I can what means for me the thirst of Jesus. In the early years, Mother Teresa had often spoken to the sisters about quenching Jesus' thirst being the one aim of all their labors. In later years, she insisted on the means of satiating Jesus' thirst. After the Pope's Lenten message, Jesus' thirst again became a recurrent theme in Mother Teresa's letters and instructions to her followers. She was sharing what she had been living, all her labors, her sufferings, and her joys were only the means to that end. She had willingly embraced and offered even her agonizing interior darkness to satiate his thirst and was ready to do so with every single drop of her blood. The most difficult aspect of her continuing interior darkness was her unquenchable thirst for God. She had discovered the meaning of it and learned to live in peace with it. But she still could not satiate 
but still she could not satisfy her thirst for the one whom my heart and soul longs to possess. The growth of her congregation, the success of her mission, the praise of the world could not appease this thirst for God. She understood so well Jesus' words, I thirst. She had embodied something of his thirst for souls for over 40 years. She knew what Jesus had felt, and in spite of her old age, she was 85 years old, she wanted to satiate his thirst for love and for souls. She could not stop speaking about her darkness. She could stop speaking about her darkness, but she could not stop speaking about his thirst. A year after the Holy Father's Lenten message, she was in Vietnam to open a new house for her community. It was Holy Week, and during this special time she exhorted her community to heed Jesus' thirst. LDM, Vietnam, March 29th, 1994. My dearest sister Frederick and all in the mother house and the world, this brings you all mother's prayer, love, and blessing. I hope and pray you are all one heart, full of love in the heart of Jesus through Mary. As this week is a special time for Jesus and for us of greater love and greater union, let us try in a special way to come as close as the human heart can come to the heart of Jesus and try to understand as much as possible Jesus' terrible pain caused to him by our sins and his thirst for our love. He has never felt this pain so much as during this week, so precious for him and for us. No wonder it came out so clearly in the last moments of his human life when he said, I thirst. Thank God Our Lady was there to understand fully the thirst of Jesus for love. She must have said straight away, I satiate your thirst with my love and the suffering of my heart. Jesus, my Jesus, I love you. How clear. Her total surrender, her loving trust, must have satiated his thirst for love for souls. This is why it's very important to keep very close to Our Lady, as St. John and St. Mary Magdalene kept. Often I wonder what they felt when they heard Jesus say, I thirst. That is why, my children, this week is so important to the life of our society and this reason for our existence as MCs to satiate the thirst of Jesus on the cross for love, for souls, by working at the salvation and sanctification of the poorest of the poor. Who are the poorest of the poor? My sisters, my brothers, my fathers, every member of our MC family. That's where this beautiful gift of love, of satiating the thirst of Christ for love for souls, begins. 
That is why, my children, let us deepen our knowledge of the thirst of Jesus on the cross, in the Eucharist, and in every soul we meet, for this knowledge will help us to be holy like Jesus and Mary. I hope all of you are well, wherever you are, and that you are doing God's work with great love. I ask you again, please, for the love of God and the love of our society, take the trouble to be holy, all for Jesus through Mary. Holy and happy Easter to you all. God bless you, Mother. Mother Teresa had asked Father Nooner many years earlier to teach her how to grow in a deep personal union of the human heart with the heart of Christ. She had been drawn to his sacred heart and had experienced his thirst. With her love, her service, and especially her darkness, she had been satiating Christ's thirsting heart. Now she was spending the last drops of her energy to instill in the members of her religious family the same longing. She insisted that her sisters keep very close to Our Lady. Often she had affirmed it was at her, the Blessed Mother's pleading, that the society was born and by her continual intercession it has grown up. For years, Mother Teresa had left her sisters wondering about the origins of this statement. Only after her death would they learn about the three visions Mother Teresa had in which Our Lady had pleaded with her to answer the call of Jesus and the call of the poor. Father Van Exum had been generously helping Mother Teresa and her missionaries of charity since the very beginning and remained a faithful guide and support to the end. In his last letter to Mother Teresa, who was in critical condition in the hospital, he reminded her of Our Lady's essential role on the last part of her journey. Dear Mother, tomorrow morning I shall say Holy Mass. One, that you may have no operation. Two, that you be in China on the 7th of October, 1993. Three, that the Lord may take me and not you, if that is his will, his will, not mine. I am with you and the sisters, all of them. There is a Calvary for every Christian. For you, the way to Calvary is long, but Mary has met you on the road. You did not go up to the hill. This is for later. I adore the Blessed Sacrament, which I am sure you have in your room. Pray for me and all my companions, especially the companions of Jesus with whom I am. Yours sincerely in our Lord, C. Van Exum, S.J. Father Van Exum died four days later. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here.
ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here, right towards the end of her life, a shift happens in Mother Teresa's thinking, or rather, a return to something she had been thinking about and writing about and speaking about at the very beginning of her life as an MC. That is, the thirst of Jesus. And what prompted her to return to thinking about this and explaining it to the sisters? The writings of Pope John Paul II. The high priest, the visible vicar of Christ on earth. And right before he died, four days before he died, Father Van Exum, her original spiritual director after the Inspiration Day, the spiritual director she'd had even before that, wrote her a letter. But even more than writing a letter to her, what did he do? He offered his life in place of her. He asked the Lord to take him rather than Mother Teresa, who was in critical condition. From the beginning of her life as an MC all the way to the end, Mother Teresa was supported by priests. For the Pope is a priest. He's the high priest of the church. Let us ask the Lord tonight to bless the priests who have supported us. Let us never forget that Christianity, in the words of St. Vincent de Paul, Christianity depends on priests for good and for ill. The state of the priesthood has a huge impact on the state of the church. And that's why Mother Teresa prayed so much for priests. That's why she wanted priests to be holy, to nourish her sisters. That's why she prayed so much and begged their prayers. And although she and Father Van Exum had had somewhat of a difficult time for a period, as she could no longer speak to him, she no longer knew what to say to him. Here at the end, he returns into her life. Like a father laying down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd, and that's what a priest is supposed to be, a shepherd after the heart of Christ. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And that, by the way, is the message that the first bishop in Korea in 1839, a saint, wrote to his priest. He had two priests in Korea. The three of them had snuck in the island, snuck on the peninsula. And today is their feast day. And after he had been arrested, when the priests were still in hiding and lay people were being killed, as they searched for the priests, he wrote the priest telling them, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Turn yourselves in. 
And on that day when those priests were beheaded, there was an, a layman who was beheaded with them. His name is St. Ignatius Kim. And six years later, having offered his life to God for the Catholic faith, for the glory of Jesus Christ, his son, Andrew Kim, entered Korea as the first native-born Korean priest, a Korean priest for Koreans, a priest who could speak their language, who looked like them, who could offer the holy sacrifice, who could hear their confessions. He returned, having learned from his father, his earthly father, what it means to live for Jesus. And just as his earthly father, St. Ignatius Kim, taught his son by word and example, so Mother Teresa, as her life came to its end, wanted to instill even more in her sisters what it means to follow the Lord. And so we ask tonight, not only for the sanctification of priests, we ask that each one of us will leave behind a testimony to Jesus. Wherever we are and whatever our vocation is, the Lord wants us to leave a mark, a mark of love and peace. He wants us to pass on to others what it means to be a friend of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.